Alana? Yes. It's been a very interesting week. I'm sure it has. Yes. And that's the end of our episode. <laughs> well, why is it interesting? Why was it interesting? A bunch of reasons. Okay. So I... For you or for me? For me. You, it was extremely boring. Thanks. Yes. No, no, was it? It wasn't boring, necessarily. Uh Uh-oh. But, you know, it was... Yours was a little bit more exciting than mine. Yes. But mine wasn't boring either. I talked with a mental health professional this week. Mm -hmm. I make it sound like this is the first time I've done that. (laughs) I talk to this person fairly regularly. Yes. And... The subject of grief came up Uh without telling everything about my mom. I said something kind of flippantly because I thought I'd already discussed it with him. Mm -hmm. Apparently I had it. And he's like, wait a second. We got to discuss this. Yeah. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And he kind of said, you know, when the pandemic is over, you should probably see somebody else about this because this is a type of thing that you should deal with in person with Mm. somebody who kind of specializes in this type of thing about this particular form of family drama, which made me feel, oh, wow, now now I'm going to need a team of people. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at this from the outside, and to me, you don't seem far gone at all, but what do I know? I don't know, babe. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I have no idea. Yeah, and I think the idea isn't that I'm crazy. Right. But maybe some stuff from my childhood or interaction with my parents uh-huh. is preventing me from living my best life. And another response he had was saying that this explains a lot of my interactions over the years with people. Huh. Yeah. Do you... Okay, so you mentioned something to me this week that I thought about. Mm-hmm. You say that when you haven't talked to someone in a long time, even years, you said sometimes you cut them out of your life completely for a while? Yeah. Like, do you just, I mean, how do you, how does that work? Do you just delete their contacts or do you um, completely detach from them? I've done both in different occasions. Okay. Like, it still shocks me that you'll say you have friends that you've known for 30 years, and yet you'll go years without talking to these people. Yeah, but it's like I, it's, not, it's not like I don't ever talk to them. It's just that we, you know, life gets in the way, and sometimes we don't talk, but we always find a way to talk to each other, whether it's through email or phone calls. So it's not like, it's <clears throat> not like they're, um, what do you call it? It's not like I never keep in contact with them. It's just sometimes life gets in the way and it's like, oh, I mean, to, I'm, I've been meaning to call this person or they've been meaning to call me or what have you. But with you, it seems like it's very different. It's super hard for me to go that long without communicating with my friends. And you, I'm sure you've noticed that about me. Yes, yes, I do. Like I have a core group of people who I talk to every single week and I have other people who I... Maybe we don't communicate as often, but we're yeah. still in fairly regular contact. And, and unfortunately, I don't have a, a lot of friends here in the city here. Mm-hmm. I have friends in other parts of Oregon, but even then, I mean, I don't get to see them often because they're, they're far away. And I, you know, it's, it's a little bit tough because some, because a lot of my friends are out of state. Uh, whether they're in Washington or other states. So but I have the like, same thing, too. I know, but you, you think of it very differently than I do. Mm. I can 
I can still consider them friends, even from when I was a child. Uh, maybe they're maybe we're not talking as closely as possible, but I don't consider them not friends either. Interesting. So you think of it very differently than I do. I wish I still had friends from my childhood. I don't even keep in contact with anybody from high school. Yeah, I I don't keep in contact from people from my public high school. Um, you went to a blind school too. I did, but I'm I, I'm trying to explain this for the special ones. <laughs> sorry, all right, keep going, keep going. That's it. That's it. Right, that's stop, it. Stop, stop. Fighting words, bubs. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you shouldn't have stepped there. Sorry, babes. Keep going, bubs. I love you. Really? Yes. Okay. Let me make this clear. I have um, I have kept in touch with people from from the blind school that I went to, but I do not have any contact with anyone outright from my public high school. Interesting. But you had friends there. I did, yeah. You weren't just like the blind girl. No, no, no. no. I actually made friends. And, and I wasn't the only one. At the time when I first got there, there was another girl who was a junior, and she was blind too. So, But we didn't really... We didn't have the same friends because we were in different grades. Yeah. And, you know, she was cool and everything, but I didn't hang out with her. Hmm. I wonder if I know her. This is in this is in Washington. I don't think you would. But the community is super small. I'll tell I'll tell her who she I'll tell you who she is later. Off the air. Off the air, yeah. Because yes. I don't really want to give people's names away. I don't either. Um and I didn't know her very well. But tomorrow um, we will be prank calling her. No. Okay. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. And then um I, yeah, I kept, I kept contact with my childhood friends that I um, met either at school or camp. And then, um, I kept in contact with some of my friends from, uh, the blind school. Nice. Yeah. It's weird. Even in the blind community, I don't, I mean, I have friends obviously, but I don't have friends that I've had since high school. Wow. I, I know people but I wouldn't say like we're super close. Yeah. For, you know, from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I still see them around occasionally, but it's not like it's just like, oh, hi, how are you? Right. Type of thing. Well, I can kind of understand that because you've moved around so much mm-hmm. that you had to adjust really quickly and you haven't had a lot of time to adjust to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I had the fortunate, um, I had the, you know, the fortunate time of staying at a school for several years. And this is really strange, too, because I come from a military family, but my dad didn't have to move around because he was able to get jobs. That's super cool. Which is very interesting because um, Hawaii is not known for its uh, job market. But I guess if you're in the military, at least back then, there were job openings for him. But he um, worked on a ship. When he was in the military and did other things after the military, um, so he was he was all set. Um, we didn't have to move for all the time that he was there in the military, and the only time I moved away was when I came to the Northwest in uh, two weeks shy of my freshman year of high school. So, nice. so I thought that was kind of interesting. If anything, I should have been the one moving around more. Exactly. You know, it was isn't that funny that, that is that works that is. How that worked? Yeah. I would have preferred it the other way too, but life goes the way it goes. Yeah, I, uh, I suppose it would have been cool to learn about different countries. Yeah. But I'm really thankful that I was able to have some roots. Oh well, I'm not. Oh. No, second joking, babes. I'm glad you got to grow up with people. Yeah. Well, well, you did too. Oh. 
I grew up with my sister. Everybody else was like interchangeable. Oh my goodness. J-Lo. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to like this. It's looking like your man might have to make some popcorn this week. <sighs> Bub, you- okay, I really don't want to discuss this whole thing, but I think I think you're really, really having way too much fun with this, and I think there's a lot of more... There's a lot more things to uh, focus on than than Kristen Cinema because I'm pretty much done with that. But you've seen the new video of her? No, I did not see the new video, and frankly, I don't care. She's walking. Oh no, 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 bitch! I gotta explain <laughs> this so you know what's up. Ah. So I got a question for you. What? How do you feel about Tim Scott? Because. I know that he was a Trump person and he introduced Trump or he talked about Trump at the last RNC. Oh, yeah. However, he is also one of the people who said that Trump's uh, white power tweet was racist. I never saw that, but I do like Tim Scott. Well, I could I could prove it to you. I could show you a video. I don't care, Bubs. I really don't care. Okay. Mm. I don't care about that. I don't care about Christian cinema. This whole thing is ridiculous. Well, this is related because the new one, she's walking in some building. I think it's an airport, but I could be wrong. And somebody comes up and tries to ask her questions about her donors. And she's hanging out with Tim Scott. And Kirsten Cinema, instead of answering the lady, turns to Tim Scott as they're getting on the escalator and says, I'm sorry. I don't care. Okay, I think I think you're having way, way I think you're obsessed with this way too much, really. It's like it's like watching somebody bashing somebody on Facebook. I, I mean I mean that's how I liken it to. I mean it may not be true, I don't know. That that may be wrong to uh compare it to, but it's like when is it gonna end? <laughs> well, when she leaves office. Well it's gonna uh, end. Who cares? But, I don't. But you think that she's a bad senator. I do, but I just don't care about watching all the shenanigans that are going on when people are asking her questions and she won't answer. I don't care. I mean, eventually she will have to answer them. And if she doesn't, she's going to face consequences, I'm sure. But in the meantime, I don't really care. That's That's how I feel about it. I just have this... Image of Kirsten Cinema dying from cancer, going to you know some place, and them asking her, "Well, you know, did you believe in Jesus? Were you a good Christian?" And her refusing to answer the question. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> and then going straight to hell because she was you know part of the establishment. You're obsessed with this way too much. I do love the Kirsten Cinema videos. Well, I, I could care less. Well, as, you, as you can hear in my voice, I don't really care. Your boyfriend might be making popcorn this week. Congratulations, Kirsten Cinema <sighs> and Tim Scott. Actually, at least Tim, you know what I'll say for it? At least Tim Scott will answer questions, even if I disagree with him. He'll answer questions, yeah. Yeah. Well, she I, won't think even any, do that. I think any politician, doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum, should answer questions. Uh, that their constituents asks. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden should answer questions. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be getting defensive. By the way, did you hear? Did you ever see that video when a college student asks uh, Joe Biden a question? Did you see that? Is that the one where he says, "Vote for Trump if you don't like me"? No, 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 not that one. Okay. He called this college girl. I forgot what he asked. I forgot what she asked him. But he called this college girl a uh, a lying dog faced pony soldier. 
I didn't see it, but I remember hearing a about lying dog faced pony soldier. Why would you call a person who's asking you a question? He's not fully there. He isn't. It's like, come on, if you're going to run for president or anything in office, your constituents want to know what you're going to do. Well, and I, you know what I think is so funny, babes? What's that? Or funny in a sad way, because we're seeing the fall of Rome. Uh, and it, for real, it started a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But when they were trying to sell Joe Biden, one of the things they said is, don't worry, he's going to be able to negotiate with Republicans. Yeah, and right. he can't even <laughs> negotiate with his own party. Well, I will say that this is something we definitely agree with. So I'm very happy that we are on the same page because uh, he couldn't negotiate anything if his life depended on it. <laughs> we really couldn't. No. But let's talk about lighter things here. I think the cinema thing is like... I don't care. Oh, oh, well, give me a kiss. No. No, why not? I don't feel like it. Well, you know what? We're going to start making videos of me asking you for kisses. (laughs) And you ignoring me and calling up Tim Scott. Saying, I'm sorry about my boyfriend, Tim. Okay, okay. Mm. For real, I have a thing of popcorn at home. And some butter. And some salt. So thank you, Kirsten Cinema. My doctor's going to be very happy. Ugh. No, that's not her fault. It's your fault for putting all that butter and salt on it. No, babes. Yes, it, it is. It's her fault yes, because if she would just answer a damn question. It's your fault because you're the one who slathers the butter and put the salt on it. And that's why your um, your heart is going to be hard. Um, your arteries are going to be hardening. But babes. Bubs, I'm only on. doing it because I want to watch Bubs, a, come on, <laughs> a series come on. of compilation videos. Come on. What? Let's go down another hole. Oh. Not this one. Okay. Oh, that's right, because it's... Uh, okay, okay. All right, I'm all right, not right. talking about me. All right, sorry, babes. I love you. <laughs> I love you, babes. <laughs> J-Lo. What's that? You finished Ready Player One this week. Uh, yes. Well, yes, it was this... It was, uh, it was sometime this week, yes. I did. Overall thoughts on the book? That was a crazy book, and it was full of twists and turns, and I think it's really cool how the author plays around not just with 80s culture, but plays around with how virtual reality in the book, um, how it almost seems like reality. And I also thought it was interesting, too, when um, you see uh, James Halliday as he is at the end of the, uh, towards the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And he says, I created the Oasis, which is a virtual reality. I created Oasis because I didn't like my own reality. And he said, but remember, I think he, and I'm going to butcher it. He said something to the effect of reality is real. This isn't real. Um, it's better to interact with people than to be cut off from other people. And that's what I think he was trying to say. And I, it really makes you think about stuff. Like how people perceive each other online or even on the phone. And you may get a glimpse of what you think a person might look like because of their voice or because of their avatars, whatever. But you don't know the person inside and out until you actually spend time with that actual person. I really enjoy the book mm-hmm. because I've read it three times. I'm not going to do that for something I hate. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I like was the twist with H. 
when you oh, find out I that know. H is actually a black lesbian. I woman. was not expecting that at all. Yeah. I was not expecting that at all. I thought that was really cool. It's weird. Like, some people do diversity and representation rights, and others just don't. And I feel that in this book, Ernest Klein did it the correct way. I guess. I don't <laughs> know. I I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think... I I think the diversity thing has gone pretty crazy when people have tried to do it. Yes, uh, and occasionally it's done right. Yeah. Like, you know, another example that we don't often talk about is the Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. Because in the book, Morgan Freeman's character is white and Irish. Really? Yeah. Huh. And so I could see somebody reading the book then finding out Morgan Freeman was casting in it and think to themselves, oh, this is identity politics gone awry. Yeah. But then you actually see the movie and realize that this dude gave a masterful performance in it. Yeah, he did. And uh, so was did you like the book better or the story better than the movie? No, I thought the movie blew the book out of the park. The, the short story is good. But the movie is just amazing. Does it explain a lot? I mean, are the, you know, the sisters in it and all that? I believe the sisters are in it. Um, and again, it's, uh, it's, uh, shown through Red's perspective. Right. It's not a bad short story, but I feel that Frank Darabont, the director, really made something special with the movie. What about the beginning when, um, all the guys are looking at the, the new prisoners and they're pretty much, um, treating them, treating them like they're fresh meat? I think that happens in the, in the uh, short story too. Yeah, because they're cat calling them and all yeah. that. Was kind of di- that's kind of disturbing. But mm-hmm. but I mean, I was wondering if there any of the stuff in the in the story was in the movie. Yes, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's called Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Right. Well, yeah, the Rita Hayworth uh, poster I'm sure was in the book. Yes. But um, wow, Red was Irish, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. They kind of reference it in the movie. I don't know if you remember this, but at one point when they're first getting to know each other, Tim Robbins says, why do you, why do they call you red? And, um, home, uh, uh homeboy, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman says, I guess it's because I'm Irish. <laughs> that to be interesting. Yes. And obviously he's not Irish. No, but he is an amazing actor <laughs> and he's great in that movie. So what about the part in the last part of the movie where, Andy Dufresne, as smart as he is, Mm -hmm. takes all that money to the bank. I believe that happens. And if I'm remembering correctly, Red gets released and the book ends before he actually makes it to see Andy. So he's like on the bus on the way to go see Andy after he deposited the money in the bank and left some cash for Red. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And the library thing happened too. I think so. I they're they're kind of. I need to reread the story. <clears throat> yeah, because it's been a while. Did, did the um did the the chief um uh, was it the warden or the the warden? Yeah, the did, warden. The, did the warden kill himself? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. He was a bad warden. That's right. And now he's with, you know, he's in hell, waiting oh. for a Kirsten Cinema. Bubs. All right, all right, that's enough. That's you know, enough. All right, all right, one last joke. Mm. I just, have you ever thought what it would be like, babes, if Kirsten Cinema went to baptism and they say, do you accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior? And she refuses to answer the question. Oh. 
<laughs> okay. Getting a little bit old now. <laughs> I love you, but getting a little bit old now. I love you too, babes, and it's not getting old now. Yes, it is. Uh-oh. You're the only one laughing. So you I, you know, I, in all fairness, yeah. though, I do think it's kind of funny and cute when you laugh at your own jokes. Thank you. Thank you, babes. Are we allowed to talk about last night? <laughs> Near the end of last night? Oh, the laugh fest that you were having? Hey, well, you were laughing too, babes. I, I, it, okay, I will say this. Your laugh is very infectious. I yes. will tell you that. Yes. And so I could not help myself but join in at, at you know, eventually. <laughs> but, but I was trying to tell him a very serious story that I was listening to on a podcast. It's the first time I ever listened to this podcast. And it's about a woman and her husband. Uh, she got pregnant. The first couple of times, both of her babies died within hours. What The first baby died in 10 hours. When the second baby was born, she died in 12 hours. But what he was laughing at was, so both of these babies had the same condition. Um, I forgot. I think it was like hydrocephaly or something or whatever it was. I forgot yeah. what it was. Anyway... So the, so she thought that it was possible and she knew it was possible that this baby would not survive and she would, or she would survive for a little while and then eventually die. So she and her husband were doing all these things like going to Disneyland and stop laughing. Sorry, go ahead. Going to Disneyland and, uh, October uh going to, no, they didn't go to October 1st. They went to, uh, uh, she went to see a bunch of boy band, which is kind of weird. Uh-huh. Um, Okay, okay, listen for a minute. I yes. know I know you guys are going to think it sounds really weird, and I thought it was weird too, honestly. But, um, you know, because all these people knew that she was going to have... Stop laughing! I'm sorry, babes. <laughs> all these people were knew that she was going to have uh, a difficult pregnancy because um, she didn't know if her daughter was going to survive. And, you know, she was doing all these activities with... Um, with people and, you know, I, I don't know, taking pictures and whatnot. And um, because she wanted to, and, it, and I heard that babies in the womb can also um, experience things or they know what's going on, uh, what, okay. what's going on inside of the womb. But I thought it was weird too, but but he started laughing at that. I Yeah, a, a death of a child, as you know, J-Lo, is never funny. Or maybe you don't know this. But I don't I think know. a death of a child is ever it's funny. It's not. Or a death of two children. No. And quite frankly, you started laughing last night when I was, and I was a little bit offended by that. No, but, no, 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 no. Let me let me tell you. I, I was offended that he was laughing, and then it got to the point where he laughed so much that I was like, what's wrong? And then I started laughing because he was laughing. Okay. But it wasn't because of the dead babies. Yeah, that's very offensive, babes. But you didn't seem offended last night. Well, I I we was were, seething inside with anger. No, you weren't. You were the one laughing the most and the hardest. Okay, so Ugh. I believe, if I remember the story right, the birth defect had something to do with the brain and the skull. Yes. So their brains didn't develop fully. So how well, were one they- of the one of the the babies, um, the first baby's. Uh, the first baby skull. Um, I think, I, I think the skull and the brain didn't develop, or the the skull, the skull. No, I'm sorry, the 
what didn't develop first? Okay, so the skull didn't develop in the first baby, but the brain did. Gotcha. I think. Whatever uh, it is, they had they had both babies had something wrong with their brains and skulls. Yeah, so I'm sure they're really gonna enjoy that Backstreet Boys concert. Bubs. Yeah, I know, I know. I thought it was weird too, but he just started laughing. No, because it, all they wanted to do is to celebrate their daughters, even if they knew that they were going to die. That's all I was trying to say, but you kept laughing at me. Oh, all right, please hold on, hold on. Don't tickle. I, I'm not insensitive. I think the death of a child. And now is I think sin. now I know that if it were me, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. If I had, if um, like for example, if we got married and I had your your child and and I knew that it was possible that this baby could die, I wouldn't do what they did. We're not I, going to go and see Metallica. No. Or a baby's dying. Let's go see if Ice Cube's doing some shows. No. I think they were trying to see if they could make memories for those babies because a lot of these people that were performing and all, you know, the, the people that she met, they were, um, they would point to the, to her, uh, belly. But I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've heard that babies can hear things from inside of the womb. No, but. So, or feel things from inside of the womb. So. But they, they can't interpret them. Right. So it, I don't know. It sounded kind of like, oh, this is a little bit weird. And I was laughing at the absurdity of, of the whole thing. Like, your baby's not going to know that you went to Disneyland. I, and I told I told him, well, I don't think you would have thought it was that funny when you, if you ever heard the story. Because, um, oh. you know, I mean, they, they, they tried to find a way to celebrate the lives of their kids, even if. Even if they knew that they were going to die. And, and they did have another daughter, healthy daughter, yeah. and they adopted a little boy. So they were, they had, um, two more kids added to their family. And those kids have never been to Disneyland. I don't, saying. I don't know, Bob. I have no idea. Okay. Let me ask you something, babes. Mm, what? Um, I don't know if I want to answer this question. So I said I had a question for you. I want to, I want to phrase this in the, in the correct way. Um, it, let's say you found out, okay, let's say you have a friend cause you don't drink mm-hmm. or do drugs. You have a friend who finds out that their kid has the same thing going on with it. And, yeah. you know, so they go to Disneyland, they go see all the uh, Justin Bieber and everybody uh, else. Or, right? or, or whatever band they want or whatever, you know, they go to nice restaurants or whatever. Yeah. They, they see Paul McCartney live. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. living it up. Um, would it be cool to you if they went to Oktoberfest and got really drunk since their kid's going to die anyway? No. Okay. No, they shouldn't be drinking when they're pregnant anyway. You know, despite, you know, they shouldn't be drinking anyway, um, at all when they're pregnant. So I've never been to Oktoberfest. Is that what happens? Yes. People tend to. But there's other stuff going on there too, right? Besides. Yeah. What do they do there? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's for real. I, I went to an Oktoberfest thing twice, uh-huh. and I wasn't there for that one long. I forgot how I got in there. And the way I remember, because both instances were several years ago, is we got – I went with a couple different people, and we got these tickets, and we could exchange the tickets for beers. Oh, wow. I was probably done a lot differently in Germany. But I'm I live in the United States where we Americanize everything. This was in Portland? 
One of the times was in Portland, and I think the other occasion was in uh, Colorado. I didn't realize that Oktoberfest was a nationwide thing. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've been hearing about it, but I've never, I've never been to Oktoberfest. And, mm. You know, I heard that a lot of things go on there, like there's music and some other stuff, but I, I didn't know about. Well, if you ever get pregnant, if uh, I decide to get pregnant, yeah, you know? we will go to Oktoberfest. No. Okay. No. Okay. Well, Disneyland. You were still laughing this morning about it, though. I wasn't laughing at all this morning. Yes, you were. No. no. I, I, sometimes, babes, when we do this, it feels like you're trying to, like, PC it up a little bit. No, I'm not trying to PC it up. I'm actually saying that I didn't laugh about this this morning. Oh. And yes. I was laughing because you were laughing. At okay. least I admit that I was laughing. Okay. But I wasn't, I wasn't laughing at the story I told you because you were... Trying to make a joke out of it. Oh, oh, just the way I am, babes. Oh. It's hard for me. This, I have difficulty just listening to people tell serious stuff and not finding some humor. And I said, I said, what if something really does happen where one of my relatives dies and all you want to do is make me laugh, but I'm crying really, really hard. You would know how much I love you because even in your hour of need, I was still trying to bring out some humor. I wouldn't feel that way for a while. Oh. I would be like, can you just let me cry and let me cry by myself? Interesting. Yeah. Or what if I got really upset with you and you wanted to give me a kiss and I, I was really not feeling it. And I said, I really don't want to kiss you right now. I'm very upset with you. Could you please go away? <laughs> we'll deal with that road when we get there. Uh, no, that's never happened. I hope it doesn't happen for a very, very long time. No, 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 no. No, he's he's that charming, folks. I'm gonna copy the Jesse thing from Before Midnight, where I start talking about how I'm a time traveler from the future, <laughs> and you're about to have the best sex of your life, and you still have a great ass at eighty. Yeah. Okay. Yes. They had a very weird relationship. Those are such great movies. Yeah, I, I honestly think that um, Before Sunrise was the best one. I do too, but the sequels were, they were solid. Good. It wasn't like Before Sunrise is a masterpiece and everything else is just, you know, bullshit. I will say mm-hmm. that Before Midnight was definitely um, a buildup of everything. Yes. I, I mean, for sure. It was like the biggest fight <laughs> you, you saw between the two. Uh, characters that was great yeah i was uh, i was impressed to know that those extra actors in the dinner scene i guess or the dinner party scene they weren't really actors i don't know about all of them but the old guy whose house they were staying at i think he was a cameraman because he's supposed to be the grandpa right he would no he Or, or the writer or whatever he was a writer who I think some of the people there were his grandkids, but other people were just folks that he thought were interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great and then, movies. And wasn't he related to the young guy with his girlfriend? He might have been. Okay. Yes. I, I know the original film a lot better than I know the sequels because I grew up watching that movie. Okay. Yes. 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 But we can talk about Jesse and Celine anytime. Right. Halo. Yes. I read a book last Sunday called The Secret History. Mm -hmm. The basic premise is 
there is a college age man who goes away to school in, uh, I want to say Vermont. It's either Vermont or New Hampshire. He's do- doing his courses, enjoying life, but is fascinated by this Latin uh, clash, class. And hardly anybody can get into it. There's only five students because the professor is very picky. But eventually, the professor agrees to let him in, provided that he will only take classes from this professor. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy joins the group, and the other members of the class become very close to him, and there's a, mur- a couple murders that take place in the book. Mm-hmm. It's good, but it goes on a little bit too long, and... I thought it was going to be more about the lessons that the professor teaches them instead of about this murder. Because one murder kind of sets things off in another direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. It was okay. It was good. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But we did finish a book. Actually, I finished it before him. Well, we should also say I had read it before. And I had read it before, too. And... Uh, my mom had issues that are still affecting me today, to this day, so. Okay. What does that have to do with the book? Well, it has to do with the book, babes, because I talked to a mental health professional today, and he said that this thing is, is affecting me, and he realized it when I told him what the issue was with my mom. So, therefore, it threw me for a loop, babes. I was talking about the other book. I know you were talking about the other book, but I'm saying I was... About to start the other book when I had... Oh, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not only did I finish the book, which I had already read, I did it while dealing with issues from my childhood. Oh, my goodness. And you just read a book. Oh, that's <sighs> no, I, no, I reread it because I read it in high school. Okay, good. Look, are we I... going to talk about the book? Yes. But first, I'm going to need a kiss. Maybe I'll give you one. Oh, what ifs? Give me a kiss. Mm, mm. Oh my goodness. Oh my badness. Keep going. Okay. So this book is called The Giver. I'm really thinking about reading the sequels. Um, but it's The Giver by Lois Lowry. She wrote this in 1993. And it is about a boy named Jonas. Uh, yeah, that was not his last name. No, sorry. I had a word. <laughs> they don't have last names, apparently, I guess. Um, who lives in a community where everything is in the state of sameness, which means that the weather is always the same. Um, jobs are picked out for people. Spouses are picked out for people. They're always, um, they always have an abundance of food because they, the food is provided for people. The trash is always taken out for people. Um, People's modes of transportation is, uh, for the most part, bicycles, unless there's like a plane overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they're riding around in bicycles, and I don't believe that there's any cars or automobiles, um, or any kind of, uh, any kind of vehicle besides bicycles. And it's interesting how it, it works when people have their birthdays every year, and apparently everybody has a birthday in December. It's kind of strange toward the end of the year. But one of the most meaningful birthdays is the the ceremony of 12s when 12-year-old children, boys and girls, get their job assignments and they begin their training, their adult training for these assignments. 
Um, Jonas, and I'm skipping some parts because there's some things in there that are, that are little details. Jonas is selected to be a receiver of memory, the receiver of memory. And the last receiver of memory was a failure. So she had to be what is called released. Um, would you like to, would you like to chime in or do you want me to keep going? Uh, you can keep going if you want. All right. So, so Jonas gets training from a man who calls himself the giver. He was also a former receiver and he's giving Jonas memories about sled rides and snow and, um, sunshine and rain and, um, he also has really harsh memories like uh, warfare and um, seeing a dead elephant and um, uh, and sunburn and um, breaking in breaking a leg and uh, you know physical pain. Um, I also should mention that there is a young child who is named Gabriel. Um, that his father brings home from the nurturing center because he was just a newborn and they were trying to, um, they were keeping him in the house at night so that he could get, um, bigger and stronger. And, uh, I'll get to that in a little bit. So the giver is giving him all these memories. Uh, Jonas finds out that the former receiver was a girl named Rosemary and Rosemary, wanted to experience everything, everything. And the giver wanted to give her all the memories, but he could not imagine inflicting pain on her. So she requested that she be, she, she couldn't, you know, deal with it anymore. And she, uh, she couldn't deal with these memories. So she requested to be released. And, 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 uh, Jonas found out what, and I'm going to talk about being released at the end of this thing. Go ahead. Um, so long story short, cause there is a lot of details. Uh, Jonas, uh, the giver, uh, gives Jonas permission to watch what happens in the hall of records when, when babies are released and he's pretty horrified. So. The giver and and Jonas make a plan as to how he was going to escape. But the minute he gets back home to eat his meal, he finds out that that uh, Gabriel is, in fact, going to re be released the next morning. So he hatches a plan to escape with him and Gabriel on his father's bike where everybody is sleeping and they escape through the snow for a few days and they're able to take a sled um, to the top of the hill where um, where they uh, they they sled they sled until they reach whatever destination they're at. So um, I left a lot of things out, but I think I think uh, you all should read the book because it's really good. And it's not very long. And released means release means uh, pretty much uh, killing somebody off. So yeah. they would release children and adults, especially the old. 
and nobody knew what released was. And apparently, in the second book, since Gabe know or since uh, Jonas knows that Gabe might be released if they get caught, he takes him to Disneyland. <laughs> we don't know that for sure. Okay, all right. That was funny. Come on. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but I have I have a lot to say about the Giver because there's so much. Tell me things to make you think. What did you think about when reading the book? What. What did this? <clears throat> what especially about this book made Alana ponder life? <laughs> well, I I forgot how good it was because yeah, it I read really this. I read this book my junior year of high school, and I I knew it was good, but reading it as um, a grown adult now, I really, I mean, this is a book that people should really read, um, whether you're in sixth grade or high school age or even older readers, because. I mean, imagine a utopia where everything is picked for you, including your job and spouse. Everything is provided for you. But the, the, the catch is that you don't have any memories of the past. No memories of love, no memories of hatred, no memories of bad things, no memories of good things. And I've wondered that, is it really... um worth losing all those memories to me when i think of this book i think the reason that you read it in like middle school or high school uh-huh. is because it's it, in some ways it's kind of like what it's like to be white in america after world war ii because i never thought it was going to be about a race thing but okay Let's go there, I guess. Okay, babes. Let me let me pontificate a little bit, and then you can push back. All right. You know, if you're white, you're you're more likely to have a higher income. Not always, I know, um, because I came from poor white folk. But I'm just saying in general. And from America, after World War II, you were probably born, not probably, you had a higher likelihood of being born in a two-household family where you maybe got coddled a little bit. And around sixth grade, you start to realize that the system isn't what you were raised to believe, that the good guys don't always win, in fact, rarely win, and that sometimes things go horrible in life. And so it feels like this is an, an analogy for what it's like to grow up. Right. So they hatch this plan. He's going to leave. And then the entire community is going to have to deal with these bad memories. You knock the report out of my hand again. Just like you start to deal with bad stuff in your life when you reach a certain age and you realize that the world isn't like your parents may have taught you to believe or the media. And the giver, well, going back to the actual book. The giver does talk about Rosemary, and I guess I should mention that Rosemary is was his daughter. Yeah. And he was ready to go anyway. And it was just a matter of time before he requests, you know, he he wanted to be released to be with his daughter. But what did you think of my take on it? Um, there might be some truth to that. Yes. I I I don't know if it's all true. Um, I mean, I guess she could apply the same thing to Asian families too because um it's so different to be um 
for an Asian family to grow up in an Asian country versus uh, what's going on here. Right. Okay. Um, and I guess I think about how people grew up in the fifties where uh, more specifically fifties TV shows, right. Where things are not always what they seem, you know, the mother's cooking and she's at home, father's working, there's 2.5 kids or whatever it is. It's like a, your average family unit. And, you know, and also, too, I, I thought what was inter- really interesting, and I know I'm kind of going all over the place. Yeah. What I thought was really interesting about the book was where um, the the amount of children were controlled in families and the amount of children that women were able to have were only three per woman. And then... When the women and men got old and their children grew up, they had to be in, um, they had to be a part of the, um, the, uh, adults without children. They had to live with the adults that have no children and, and, and until they get to the house of the old. So I thought it was kind of, I thought it was very interesting how things were just set, set up that way. What is this book? Teach us about groupthink. It's bad. Groupthink is not good. And I think it teaches not just young readers, but adults to learn how to question things. Well, did you just say learn how to question things? Uh, to, to learn how to question things. Groupthink doesn't teach you. No, 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 no. I wasn't talking about groupthink teaching anybody that. I'm saying to question groupthink. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Right, right. Questioning well, groupthink is always good. Let, let's dig a little bit deeper with groupthink for a mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy for everybody to follow into that. Now... We have the benefit of living in a country that's so big, mm-hmm. and in some ways this is bad, that there are different pockets of group things. So uh-huh. if you lived in a small town that's its own, its own deal, yeah, it's possible everybody could think the same way. Uh-huh. But now we have these pockets to where everybody has their own insane ideas that they can believe online. You're talking about clicks, right? Yeah, clicks, basically. And this town is a big click. Yeah, it is. And I guess what I want to ask you, is there any part of you that is afraid of maybe finding a small town and falling into the mentality of whatever the group says is correct? Uh, No. See, I, I fear that for myself. I don't. I think because I, when I was a kid, I remember how gullible I used to be, right? And kids go through a gullible stage because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. But I think now that I am an adult and I know, I know that it's okay to question things. And I did grow up in a family where I was not allowed to question anything. Kind of like the opposite of me. Yes. Yeah. So, so we grew up in diff- in different backgrounds. Because I know now that it is okay to ask questions and it's not disrespectful and people should ask questions. I'm not afraid of it so much. That's interesting. And it's kind of like because I've asked a lot of questions 
and also read stories about skeptics who have fallen into uh-huh. these traps. Yeah. I actually am afraid that I could fall into groupthink fairly easily. Yeah, I I um you know, people some people are going to be lemmings and fall uh, follow other people off cliffs, not not literally. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now that I am a little bit more mature, um, I don't feel like I'm that susceptible to falling for stuff, something like that. Fascinating. It is fascinating, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Because you would think I would, but because now that my my mind has matured into how I think about things now and how I see things now, um, I don't think I'm I'm as susceptible as I could have been. Let's replace the word town because it's not really realistic based on where we live right. with the word church. Okay. Oh, I've even questioned things at churches too. Yeah. That's a, a, a version of a small community. Exactly. Okay. And now I'm going to flip it for you even a little bit more. All right. Let's say that you go to a church and you question things but it's not whether they're too liberal. It's whether they're too conservative. So an example might be you go to a church and they say something like, um, if you're not married, it is a sin to hold your partner's hand and you will be going to hell. This is like the most extreme example, yes. right? Yeah. And, and obviously that is absolutely untrue. But if you went to a church and you're, you've been a, a regular member for a couple years and mm-hmm. one day they say going forward, if you, if you are caught holding hands with somebody that you're not married to, just let it be known. You're probably going to be going to hell uh-huh. and your partner will be too. Uh huh. Where are you going with this? Do you think that you would have the courage to stand up and leave that church? Of course I would. Okay. And I and you know that's that's happened to me where I've questioned things, but yeah, I've I've questioned things and I didn't go back anymore. Mm. And I wasn't even a member of the church. I just didn't come back. Yeah, but we're like, giving the scenario you're a member of this church and you've oh, been yes. going there for yes, years. Yes, I would definitely stand up and 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 I would I would leave. Mm. I would I would say I'm I'm packing my stuff. I'm going and um this is not where I should be and I'm going to, and and I think it would be for good reason because that is insane. (laughs) That is really insane. Um, I think it's easy to say that and it's easy to stand up. And I say that I could do that because I had to do that before. Right. But here's the difference. Mm -hmm. It's easy to stand up and, and question a church and leave a church. If you haven't been going there for a while, but if you've been a member for years and they slowly indoctrinate you, I think it would be very difficult, actually. Oh, it would be difficult for sure, but it also wouldn't be – it wouldn't be like the end of the world because I've known people that have had to leave their uh, – the churches that they were members of for years and they had to leave um, because of what was being taught and because of things that were happening that were um, – pushed under the rug. Um, I, I know of people that have had to do that and I, I can understand why it was so difficult for them. And, and, um, yes, it would be hard, but 
I believe I would have, I would get through it. My mind goes to things like the people's temple. Jim oh Jones. my goodness. Yes. And some people never left it. Exactly. And they and died. Yeah. There were people who left the church, but I'm sure that there were other people who died. Yeah. And if you would have told them 10 years earlier, you're going to follow this man to your death. Uh-huh. They wouldn't have believed you. Exactly. And then, and then there's also the people of, um, Colorado city, Arizona and, um, the yearning for, for Zion, uh, ranch in Texas that was, um, that was, um, headed by, uh, Warren Jeffs, who used to be the prophet of that sect of LDS, uh, Mormons. Mm. And no, you would, they wouldn't have died, but, some people will like follow that man to the ends of the earth because they really think that, that he is their prophet. Yeah, but as far as we know, no one has died from his teachings. At least not yet. Or am I correct on that or no? I don't believe anyone has died from his teachings, but I think he's still in prison. Oh. And I think he might, you know, I mean, he's, he doesn't have very long. I don't think he's an old guy. But um, people, <coughs> I mean, remember... I think I, I may have told, I may not have told you about this, but, um, Oprah did visit the, uh, YFZ ranch in Texas, yearning for Zion ranch okay. in Texas. And so many things were different. Like, um, for, which is odd. Like kids were allowed to have cell phones, but they weren't allowed to, uh, to play games. I think if I'm, if I, if I was, mis- if I'm not mistaken, um, they had to study about the Mormon prophets, which is kind of strange. They had to learn about everybody in their community, and they were just so closed off from everybody else. And uh, so I thought it was kind of interesting how, how they would do that. And, and that would be the same thing for like uh, the, the people of North Korea that were under um, King Jung, uh, Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un's um, regime. Mm-hmm. Right. They were so closed off and they had to watch um, the dear leader on TV, giving them uh, messages and propaganda. And I mean, it. yeah, I mean, it's so interesting. Yes. Well, I'm glad you don't think you could fall into that situation. I, I don't believe so. I don't think I'm as susceptible as I could have been. I don't know, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I don't know, babes. When I was more naive. Yes. Yes. I don't know, babes. I don't know either. But I still love you. Okay. What else did the book make you think about? Um, Just, you know, what we take for granted. We, we have our memories, good and bad memories, but we also have seasons. We also have fun experiences like skiing down snowbanks or hills or you know if people go on sleds they they can do that i mean i cannot imagine myself living in a utopia where things are handed to us but we don't experience anything else we just experience the day-to-day life of the community i wouldn't necessarily call that a utopia well i mean in the book it's 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 it, written as it could it could be a utopia for them yeah that's what I mean. It's a dystopia. Whatever. But it's disguised. It's disguised as a utopia, but mm. it really isn't a utopia. It's a utopia for the people that choose to remain in the community. 
in some ways, I don't want to read sequels to this book because I know I'm skeptical, Mm -hmm. but it kind of feels to me as an outsider like, oh, she probably just wrote sequels to make more money. Because it's kind of nice to to not know what happens to these characters. And I do want to know what happens to the characters. Mm. I don't want to just be like, okay, Jonas and Gabriel escape, but you don't know whatever happens to them. I, I do want to know what happens to the characters. I want to know if uh, they end up in in families that are good families and that they're able to experience memories. And, you know, I, I want to know whatever becomes of these two boys. Yes. You know, and, and Jonas was brave for um, taking the chance to st- to take Gabriel and, and leave. But did he really have a choice? He didn't have a choice. Because if he would have stayed there, okay, yeah, Gabriel would have died. But let's look at what would have happened to Jonas. It's not like his life would have been a cakewalk either, being the giver. Of, of course. Well, he would have been the receiver, yes. The of receiver, course. yeah. But then he would have to give um, the memories to the people if, uh, you know, once the giver was gone. Yeah. Assuming that he would have stayed with the initial plan, mm-hmm. but he, he, I, I don't know. I, I think Jonas had to for sure leave. He didn't really, it's not brave of him. Maybe it's brave well, of him to take well, brave, the little kid. Well, what I mean was it, it was brave of him to escape his household is what I was trying to say. I, I don't know. But I think he didn't, he, he knew that he had to go. Because the giver said that if you go, they will forget you and then they'll have all the memories that you had, that you, that you, that I gave you. Yeah. I don't know if it's brave of him. I, again, I think it's brave of him to take Gabe with him, Mm -hmm. but eventually Jonas was going to have to go regardless of what was going to happen to Gabe. Mm. Okay. Well, I don't know. I thought it was. Oh, just because he's 12 years old and, you know, never experienced life outside his community. Yeah. But he also knows if he stays, he's going to have all this pain that the giver has because that's what he was selected to do. I know that. I'm not denying that. (laughs) I'm just saying, I don't know. Oh, Oh. I still love you, babes. Okay. Even if we disagree on whether or not he's brave. Oh my goodness. I did enjoy the book. It was a good book. But no. I, I'm planning on reading the sequels. Yes, af- after tune-in, maybe. Okay. But, babes, before we get to tune-in, yes. have we selected the... Or have you decided what C.S. Lewis book we're going to No, read? I said I wanted to uh, read the screw tape letter. We are for sure doing that, then? Yes. All right, good. Yes. It's on Bard. You're probably going to do that version, and I'm going to do the John Cleese one. That's Actually, on- I do want to read the John Cleese one. Well, it's on YouTube. It's in a bunch of different parts. Did he, um, he didn't act it out then, it sounds like. I don't know. I haven't checked it out yet. But years ago, I was hanging with a friend, and he starts talking about the screw tape letters. Mm -hmm. And so the John Cleese did a version of it. Wow. Yeah. I would like to, I would like to listen to what he, um, how he reads it. Because I've never, I didn't, I thought it was really cool that he narrated Mm-hmm. The screw tape letters. Yes, yes, yes. So that'll be fun. And then hopefully we'll get that done by the end of the week, maybe even earlier. We'll see. And I think it's a short book, babes. Okay. I don't want to take my time, Bob. Ah, oh, Bob. Well, I'm going to eat a minute a day. Bob. I'm just kidding, babes. Mm. At half speed. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'll get back to you in 2023, Bob. Mm. 
Mm. I love you, babes. <laughs> what? What? Man, oh man. What? I'm the butt of your jokes. No, today. babes. Come on. I like to have fun. Oh, whatever. Come over here. No. Yeah, give me a kiss. I'm over here. Okay, I'll go over there. Kiss. What? No, I don't know. I love you, babes. <laughs> what? I don't know. What did I say now? No. I don't know. I came over here last night. Yesterday was Saturday. And I hung out with a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. Then I got over here at like 4.30. Yeah, about that time. Uh, closer to 5. You were gracious enough. Yeah. To order some Panda Express. Yeah, somehow we ended up ordering uh, what um, we usually order. Oh. Uh, but I have leftovers, so I'll probably be eating that tomorrow. Nice. And then um, we... Should I talk about the pie? Go ahead, if you want to. Well, really quickly, um, I bought um, four little pecan pies and uh, because my wick has never tried pecan pie. Yes, yes. So I decided to give us some pie um, this morning, and he said he really likes it. It was good. And I'm surprised that you never had it because... I don't um, think I have. Because it's a, it's a pie that... People like to eat, like, during the holiday season besides pumpkin and other pies. And I'm like, you know, this is why I don't eat pecan pie, like, for a very, very long time. Hmm. And that pie is my dad's favorite pie. Um, he likes things with pecans in it. So um, I just thought that I'd, I'd like to share that with you. And it sounds like you like it. It was good. It's very good. Yes. And it can be made with chocolate, from what I understand. Nice. I, never, I never had a chocolate pecan pie, but it sounds really good. Decadent. Yes, yes. very decadent. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it was a decadent pie. So anyway, um, we so he come he came over before five. We had dinner, and then we started watching the movies. We watched J Lo doesn't live here anymore. It's Alice. Doesn't live here anymore. Uh, with Ellen Burstyn as Alice. Yes. And then we watched The Postman Always Rings Twice. And, oh, babes. Yeah. There's two versions of it on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. So I clicked play on the newer version. Luckily, I realized like five minutes in, why is Christopher Lloyd and <laughs> Jack Nicholson in this movie? <laughs> Was that in the 70s? I'm thinking either that or 80s. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But it was early on in the film and we went to the original version. Yeah, and the original version is is interesting. But wh why don't we start with the first movie first? Do you want me to give an overview of the first film? Um, I will. Okay. I'll give an overview of the first film and you can chime in. Yes. So it starts off with, and this is kind of a weird beginning, because you see this girl, um, Alice. I don't know if she, do you see her parents or just her mom? Just her mom and she's on a farm. Yeah. She's on a farm, and um, I don't know how her life was on the phone cause, farm because um, you don't really. I mean, what do you see in the beginning? Like, you know, when they're rolling the credits, it's just her on the farm. Is she doing anything? She's like walking around, talking to herself, and the mom calls her in. Yeah. And then she kind of curses a little bit and goes inside. The mom? No, Alice does. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, um,. Yeah, it was a weird beginning. So it's it's implied that it's possible that she 
was raised by a dysfunctional mother. I'm guessing. Okay. And then you see her in the 70s. She, um, it's kind of weird how it transitioned into the 70s. And then she is married to this very abusive guy and they have one child. Um, all those things happen and, you know, he, uh, you know, people are, uh, her friends are wondering what's going on and he dies and then, um, she decides that she and her son are going to move and get out of that, that, um, place where she lived. I don't know where she lived. I think in Arizona or California. No, 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 no. Before she left. Yeah, that's what I said. I think she was in either Arizona or California. Arizona. It might have been Arizona. I don't know. But anyway, she leaves. They're traveling from uh, hotel to hotel because she's trying to find a job as a singer. That's what she likes to do, and that's what she's done. And uh, the two places that she was at uh, didn't work out. Um, She ends up meeting... She wasn't working at this bar, was she? Yes, she was. She was working at the bar, okay. She was working at, uh, I think it was Jacob's place or something. She was working at the bar. She meets this guy. They start dating. And then uh, one day uh, the little boy asks about Ben. That's his name. And uh, it's Ben is the name of the guy she's dating. Yes. yes. Ben's wife comes to the motel, <clears throat> um, expresses to her that... Um, Hey, uh, by the way, um, this is my husband, and and she said, I'm so sorry. Well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just moving around. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, kind of uncomfortable here because, uh, yeah. Oh? Oh, because of the thing that's going on. The thing, yeah. Yes. It's all right. Um, what happens at the end of a sentence? Oh, my goodness. All right, keep going, babe. Would you please? Go ahead. Okay. So, anywho, that's going on, and... Um, Ben looks for, for the wife and almost kills her and breaks the door in and there's glass everywhere. And then she, he tells Alice that he's going to pick her up at one thirty from, from work. And then she decides that, okay, we got to pack everything up and close the suitcases and then we're going to leave. So, so they finally get out of there and... I think they head to uh, Tucson because they were in Phoenix at the time. Head to Tucson. She finds a a job at Mel's Diner and she meets uh, Flo and Vera and that weird waitress lady. I don't know what her name is. That's kind of weird. Daddy Duke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, David is the guy who um, comes to that restaurant quite often, who's played by Christopher, um, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, Chris Christopherson. And he plays guitar and he gets to know Alice and, you know, they're starting to fall in love. And, uh, and then one day David dares to discipline her son Tommy because Tommy is really out of sorts. Because nobody ever did. His father never disciplined him and all that. And um, she's arguing with him because um, he's trying to tell her how to raise her child when all he wants to do is help her raise him and, and be with her. And 
she won't, you know, she won't, uh, she won't listen. Uh, chime in if you would, please. She leaves with Tommy and she is super pissed. Tommy gets in the car. He starts, you know, making some noise and eventually she makes him walk home. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's kind of dating this other little kid played by Jodie Foster. And I think her character's name is. Not well, Audrey. She, ca- she calls herself Audrey, but her name, her name is, is Doris. Yeah. I don't think they're dating. I think they're just friends. And, oh, that's my stomach. Anyways, <laughs> Doris gets Tommy drunk. They're at the hospital. It's either a hospital or like a, a doctor's a, office or whatever. Something or a like clinic that. Or, yeah. yeah. She gets him out of there, goes back to work, has a talk with, is it Flo? Flo, yeah, and Flo is like uh, the one of those. Um, uh, she's one of the main waitresses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually, Chris Christopherson comes back and says, "You have good memories. What's the place? It's someplace. In, it's um, uh, Monterey, Monterey, California. Yeah, I used yeah. to know that. My sister used to live there. Yeah. You have good memories of Monterey. I will drop everything and drive you there. She's like, no, it's okay, bro. But they hug each other. Do they smile? And everything's cool. And then she's talking with Tommy later, and it seems like they're going to patch up the relationship, and she's going to get back with her man. Well, well, he, she says, I'm sorry. Um, if you don't want to go to, if you, we don't end up going to Monterey for your birthday, then, uh, you know, we can go wherever you want. And she's like, really? So, um, I can stay here, and and he she says, oh, well, I thought you wanted to go to Monterey. He's like, no, that's what you wanted to do. And she's like, okay, well, we're staying here. So they end up staying in uh, Tucson. And you hear her playing piano. The movie ends. Yeah. Now, I'm going to sound like a complete idiot for a minute. Okay. Apparently, there is a TV show called Alice that's based on this movie. Yeah. And I'd never seen it. And there's some lady on there who says, kiss my grits. That's Flo. So people, I've heard the term Flo from Nell's Diner. So I thought that there was a TV show called Nell's Diner. No. Back in the day. Yeah, Mel's Diner is. Or Mel's Diner. Not Nell. Mel's Diner is referring to the um, Alice doesn't live live here anymore, um, uh, the diner in that movie. So I didn't know about this until I read about the show Alice. And you've like, actually watched this show. A little bit. A little bit here and there. I um I used to watch reruns on PB oh no, um TBS in the in the eighties when I was a kid. You had cable in the eighties? Yes, I did. I did have cable in the eighties. My grandma had cable, um, my parents had cable, so I was very fortunate. I was yes. I was watching TV a lot, so because <laughs> I could. Uh, that's why I was watching Nickelodeon. That's why I was able to watch Nickelodeon so much, Bubs. Wow, well, good for you, babes. And the Disney Channel, so okay. I could I could uh, educate you on some of the culture there. Nice, the Disney Channel culture, or something like that. It was much better back then. But anyway, yeah, I watched a little bit of Alice. I've never seen the show. Stars Linda Lavin. But apparently it was super popular. It ran for nine years, according to Miss A. Yes. I I have a question for you. 
And you may or may not know this. I don't know how closely the TV show sticks to the movie, though. But what happens to Alice after this experience? Do her and uh, David David get married? Do they have more kids? What what goes on there? I heard they... uh, I have to read it again, but it sounded like they didn't. But Mm. I haven't watched that show in years, and I want to see if I can stream it um i don't know where it streams but i haven't watched that show in years and i haven't watched all of it and i read the um, wikipedia article on it um but i read that she didn't or that maybe they were going to but they i i don't remember but um i believe if i remember correctly i think i think david does appear in in the show let's focus on the actual film for a minute yeah what can we learn about taking a different path than the one we set out to take? Um, well, sometimes it's not the path you planned, but it can end up really good. Mm. Sometimes it's... Ooh, boy, your tummy's growling, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why. I'll get you some snacks. Oh. Um what I mean is it could be that even though it's the path that you didn't choose to take, it might end up being the path that you should have taken anyway. That makes me sense. Yeah. I keep going back to the TV show for some reason that I've never seen. Uh-huh. Do you think that it's based in the same universe as this nightmare? Is this, is this movie or are they two alternative universes with the same characters? Well, the only the only difference I think is that it's it's made into a sitcom. Mm. It's not made into a drama. But are they in the same reality, or are are they parallel universes? I like on Star Trek. Well, I mean, with any adaptation, you're going to notice differences, right? Yeah. I don't know if it is or not. I can't. I couldn't. I, I'm not. I never paid attention to that at seven years old. Interesting. So interesting. I have no idea. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But I do remember watching Alice when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, reruns. Um, I hope that Martin Scorsese got paid for that TV show, even though he probably wasn't involved. I hope that they threw him something. Mm. You know, because it's based on one of his movies. This does not feel like a Scorsese film to me, and I mean that in a good way. Be- mm-hmm. I-, I love Scorsese, but I think it's really cool when a director does something that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. How he did, thought he did a good job in this. Yes. How did you feel about that? I I haven't watched a lot of Scorsese stuff. I mean, I watched Gangs of New York, and that was very violent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it definitely was not like Gangs of New York. But I thought this was even more... I thought this was violent even for the uh, the 70s. As, as far as a movie like this. It's violent. I, I don't know if I'd say even for the um, 70s. I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, I didn't expect it for a movie like this, mm-hmm. is what I mean. The violence. That, yeah. It wasn't a lot of violence, but it was violent. We probably disagree about when Chris Christopherson disciplined Tommy. Okay. Because yes, I'm against uh, hitting kids. Yes. And there is there is a distinction between spanking kids and, and actually disciplining them then, and, and also uh, beating children until they're bloody and bruised. I, I think there's a major difference. I think there's a major difference too. However, you don't want to show kids 
that you can handle things with violence. And and keep let me just explain to you something really quick. I don't think that parents all parents would resort to spanking them like for um what do you call it every time but there are times where they have tried things like okay I'm going to give you a timeout and that never works it doesn't seem like it works um I'm going to take away your privileges I'm going to ground you I'm going and and sometimes ch- uh, kids need a swat on the butt because that's you know, it'll hurt for a little while, but they're going to get over it. And I know that because that's happened to me. This actually wasn't where I was planning to go with this. Yeah. Um, because spanking is wrong. But. To you it is. I think our culture would be better if we didn't do stuff like that. Uh, actually, I don't think that's true. Oh. Yeah. Well, good. But, yes. You know who was spanked a lot as a kid? Who? Kristen Cinema. Fuck. No, I don't know. Ah, could you stop talking about her seriously? <laughs> no, she was actually asked about that and refused to answer. Ah. No, no, no. I, I don't know if she was or wasn't. <laughs> she was asked if she was spanked as a child and just out, walked on by. Maybe I should get out the belt. Ooh. No, 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 I shouldn't. I might enjoy that too much. I babes. think you, Al. Oh, sorry, babes. I think you would enjoy that too much. All right. But my question was, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Chris Christopherson spanked Tommy, mm-hmm. and I disagree with that, I do think that he was a good father figure for this kid. Yeah, and I think that's all he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was trying to hurt the boy. I think that he needed to be disciplined because he wasn't disciplined. Well, I, I didn't want this to turn into a d- debate about spanking. I know. What I'm trying to say is... But I do believe that he was a good father figure, yes. Do you think that he's going to continue to be a good father figure for this kid as he grows up? Yes, I do. Okay. I do. I mean, because remember when he said things like, well, you know, I'm, you know, I may not, I may disagree with his music, but I can, I can like him. Yeah. Tommy says that. Yeah. Yes. And he's learning how to like him and, um, you know, because he just, he just lost his dad Mm -hmm. and his dad wasn't exactly the best father anyway. Right. Um, but I think that um, David Chris Christopherson's character is a is an uh, an example of what a stable man how a stable man can help um, a a kid. It sounds like emotionally stable guy. Yeah, yeah. I like this movie. It, I'd give it probably a strong seven. Um, I think I give it a seven. Okay. I think I like the the next one slightly better. Yeah, I think maybe I do too. I I don't know. It's close. Yeah. I like that scene. I forgot to mention. Remember that scene where they're throwing um, soda at each other (laughs) and ice? Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) It's like, all right, all right, all right. You have to stop now. (laughs) Because it's showing that you're not just watching a woman leaving all these abusive situations, but that she can actually enjoy herself a little bit. Yeah, and I liked it. I liked that she was enjoying, you know, enjoying herself with her son. Because, you you know, you kind of see her son getting kind of bored and he was kind of moody and, Mm -hmm. you know, acting out. But I'm glad that she actually showed that, they're having fun together. I agree, babes. Yes. 
Would you recommend this film to anybody in your real life? And if so, what is your elevator pitch? I don't have an elevator pitch for this one. Oh, would you recommend it though? Yeah, I guess my ele- elevator pitch is if you've seen the show Alice, now you can see the movie that it was based on. Oh, so here's a question I have for you since yes. I've never seen this Alice show. Yeah. What do you like better, the movie or the TV series? I don't know. Okay. That's a good question because they're both they're both kind of different. Mm. And I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen Alice in years, so I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen it since, I haven't seen it in a long time. Since before I was born. Oh my goodness, you were born, you just never saw it. Uh-oh. Because you didn't have cable. Uh-oh, and you're going to hold that over me for the rest of my life. Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> that's what you do. I wouldn't do that, it's mean. Okay, good. Oh, Bubby. Well, good, babes. I'm glad you liked it. Oh. Moving on. Moving on. We saw another movie. Oh my goodness, this was a crazy movie. Called The Postman Always Rings Twice. Yes. Yeah, I think you should give a recap of this one. Okay. There is a hitchhiker who gets off somewhere in California and he got a ride from the district attorney. Mm -hmm. He's near this hamburger restaurant it's a small town in galley a man comes out he's a little bit older and says come in i'll show you my place excuse me the old guy goes outside for a second his wife comes down a young lana turner who played cora smith cora smith and her husband was nick 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 smith and the hitchhiker is frank uh Yes, his his name was Frank Chambers. Frank is attracted to Cora from day one. In fact, he kisses her. <laughs> that was weird. That was weird. But I like that she didn't just fall into his arms immediately. No, he she's just like, mm, you know, I don't like this guy. She's all into Nick because it's implied that he has a little bit of money uh-huh. and doesn't really have sex with Cora that often. How do you know? It's 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 implied in the movie, babes. Okay. Okay. At one point, uh, Frank has been there for a while. Uh They're starting to get to know each other. Nick plays guitar and then puts on some Latin music for Cora to dance with Frank to. Which is like, oh, why would you put that song on? It sounds like tango music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They go to the beach, start enjoying life. And Cora says, I really don't want to give up this place. I think it could be a very successful business if Nick was out of the picture. So why don't we kill him? Well, no, no, no. no. You're forgetting. What's up? They are starting this affair. I know. That's what I said. Yes. I I forgot something that I already said. No, you know, I, no. I, I mean, you forgot that they were falling in love with each other. No, I didn't say it in so many words, but it was implied. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay, okay. Go on. They hatch this plan. To kill Nick. But a few things go wrong. An officer comes by. There is a cat who climbs. Step ladder. Step ladder and hits an electrical cord. The cat dies. Mm-hmm. As your girl Cora is in the bathroom trying to kill Nick. Yeah, but she's freaking out because the lights are off. Yep. They need to make sure that he survives because the officer was there. And he mm-hmm. kind of got in the middle of their plans. Mm-hmm. So Nick goes to the hospital, kind of makes a recovery. 
while he's still there, their affair it becomes a lot of fun for the both of them. Okay? And apparently. Yes. Eventually gets out. Your man, Frank, leaves for a while and is still obsessed with Cora. So he goes to the place where they buy food. Mm-hmm. Nick comes there, brings him back to the house, and Cora and him are kind of contentious. But they agree that they're going to kill Nick. They have this plan to roll his car down a hill. And the the reason they really want to do it is because Nick is about to sell the hotel and make Cora take care of Nick's sister who is in a wheelchair. And yep. Cora hates people with disabilities. Apparently, or at least... Uh... At least taking care of She's an old school ableist. Yeah. Yes. Just like my little G. I am not. Okay, good. (sighs) And everything is kind of going all right, but people are suspicious. Like, this is another accident involving the two of you. Mm -hmm. This is weird. Yeah. Very weird. The district attorney gets... Frank to sign this thing basically saying, hey, I helped her kill her husband. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. This is so terrible. Right. We go to the courtroom. She's on trial. Mm -hmm. Her lawyer pleads guilty. After which, they go into a private room. She's talking with her lawyer and Frank and says, I want to confess and tell everything that we did. Mm -hmm. So she gives the whole story. To Fred Flintstone. <laughs> okay. He's the guy that took down his confession. Or her uh, her confession? Instead of yabba dabba do, it should have been yabba dabba don't. But we'll get there in a minute. It turns out that Fred is working for her attorney. And he has all the copies of this confession locked up. They go to the judge and... The attorney says, if we can plead this down to manslaughter and you tell the judge that you're satisfied that this woman is remorseful, then then we'll do that. Mm-hmm. So she's basically saying, yeah, I helped kill my husband, but, you know, this is the 40s. I'm a chick. Let me off with a slap on the wrist. <laughs> and the judge says, okay, you're going to get probation. Yeah. Okay. Goes back, is running the place. Frank goes there, too, and it's helping her. First things are very first things are very contentious. Then they start to fall in love again, but she has to go home yeah. because her mom just died. Yep. And they got married because they know that the DA is watching them very closely. Yep. And they want to seem like they're a happy couple now. Right. While she's away, your buddy Frank goes down to Mexico with this hot little girl. Whoever she is. Yes. Comes yeah. back. Gets Cora. They go to the restaurant. Yeah. And who do they run into? Fred Flintstone. Fred Flintstone. Yep. Yeah. He's like, hey, Dino's food ain't cheap, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to need a little bit of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was Alan Reed who played the voice of Fred Flintstone. Exactly. It was Fred Flintstone. Okay. Okay. A few things happen. They get copies of... Frank's affidavit, I think it is, without having to shell out any money. Uh-huh. Okay? They burn them, and she says, well, you know, I got copies, and uh-huh. I could always turn you in. Yep. They go to the beach. They're swimming. Like, way out into the water. Yeah, he carries her back. There's a car accident. Mm-hmm. She ends up dying. Yeah. 
Yep. And we find out that Frank has been confessing all of this to the father. Uh-huh. Now, apparently, she had sent in a copy of it to the DA. Yep. So he's now on death row. Yep. And the DA comes in at near the end of the movie, and he says, well, you know, even if you weren't guilty of this, we found a note that Cora left in the back of the register at the restaurant, basically um, confessing to some other crimes you were involved with. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. She didn't send the affidavit in. No, she didn't. Okay, I'm sorry about that. They convicted him of murdering Cora right. in the car accident. Right. That's right. Right. And then the letter says that he was involved with the murder of her husband. Right. So they got him on murder of her, but they explained that we could let you go for this, and then you'll no longer have the death penalty, but then we're just going to arrest you again and charge you with murdering her husband. Right. And that's basically how the film ends. Yeah. And she also, and I remember that one scene where she leaves a note for Nick. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very intense movie. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's good. I think this is the first Lana Turner movie I saw. Yeah, she that was is sexy. For me. She was sexy back in the day. I'm sure she was. And I like feisty women. Oh, yes. well, apparently you do when I get feisty with you. Oh, my goodness. I think it would be more attractive, babes, if you just got feisty with other people in your life and recorded the audio for me to listen to. No, it wouldn't be fun. For me, it would be. It wouldn't be fun because yeah. they wouldn't let me do it. Well, I don't care what they want. Oh, my goodness. But I thought this was a really good movie. Yes. Mm. I did, too. What does this film teach us about being codependent? Mm. Explain that for me. What do you mean by that? What do you, codependent in regards to what? Frank doesn't seem to be able to leave Cora. That's for sure. She, I think, I think it says a lot about how not just a woman like Cora, right? Yeah. But women who have the ability to have to um to influence a guy and it's it's the same thing for for men right women can be just as codependent as men Mm -hmm. and with cora because not only was she attractive but she was also very very vindictive very manipulative as you know yes and so i believe that she knew that 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 she was frank's weakness that whatever she wanted frank was going to do Oh, your phone's ringing. I know, but I'm not getting that. No. Because they interrupted us. I know. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so, um, whoever it is can uh, leave a message, okay? Okay. Anyway, (laughs) so, she knew, I think she, I think that she was playing Frank from the beginning. Mm Mm-hmm. And because she knew that Frank was really in love with her, um, she knew that she could use him for her bidding. And in turn, uh, he is now ending up on death row and almost dead. Do you have any questions about this movie? For you? Yeah. Um, what did you think of Cora after a while? I kind of came to the same conclusion as you, that this girl is really, really bad news. Mm-hmm. And she's going to do whatever she can to get ahead in life. 
Exactly. Like, she didn't love... She convinced Frank that she didn't love Nick, which is probably true. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Nick was under the impression that they were in love and everything was happy. And that he could drink a lot and, you know, be okay. Um, But, uh... But, and Frank was under the impression that, you know, when Nick was out of the picture, uh, him and Cora were just going to be married and live happily ever after and ride off into the sunset. But she was, I really think she was the villain in this movie. Yes. She definitely was, but she played it so well too. She was great in this film. Yeah. And so was um, John Garfield who probably is gone now. I think so. Considering this movie came out in 1946. Yeah. They were both very good. And from what I understand, he really liked lasagna. And hated Mondays. Oh. Yes. No, sorry. Remember in um, Bojack Horseman, yes. where Sarah Lynn is dating some dude named Andrew Garfield, and um, oh, I think that was in one of the episodes or something. That's yeah. right. That's yes, not in the movie or the comic book. But um, <laughs> I don't know that was a comic book. There's not. But you said in one of the episodes. But if we're talking about it. Oh two. my goodness. Okay. Whatever. And then. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Todd is like, you mean Andrew Garfield likes lasagna and hates Mondays. I remember that. Yes. Likes lasagna and hates Mondays. That's great. <laughs> yeah, he's afraid of Mondays. Yes. This is a really good movie. It is very good. It's very intense. It's well, a, yeah. It's more, it's an, it's an intense one for the 40s, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you give this film on a scale from 1 to 10? Strong 7. Would you recommend it to family members? And if so, what's your elevator pitch? I actually don't have an elevator pitch for this one. Okay. I don't usually have elevator pitches for movies, but this is a really, really good movie. And you would tell your family to watch it? Yes. This is definitely a perfect example of how somebody can be so codependent on another person. Yes. And I think we're all codependent in some ways, but it's a spectrum. Uh, explain that because we all depend on other people yeah but does it make us codependent i think that does how without other people we would die of course that's how we were built yes so we're all codependent but no i mean when i think of codependent when i think of codependency i think of like one person one person codependent on another one like men uh, a man and a woman who are in a relationship and He's codependent on the woman, or the woman is... Okay, I think everybody in a relationship, then, is codependent. Okay. Yeah, but it's a matter of spectrum. Like, if I died tomorrow, you would jump in the casket. I don't know if I'd do that. Yeah, you would. I would? You would. No, I wouldn't. you take your own life. No, I wouldn't. If I died tomorrow, you definitely would. No, I wouldn't. And if you died tomorrow, I wouldn't go to that extreme. Oh, but what? I'd be sad. Bubs. I love you, babes. Why would you assume that I would be the codependent one? I'd say we both were, babes. Oh, my God. Okay, what would you do then? I'd be really sad. Mm -hmm. And I I wouldn't be able to look at Christian cinema videos the same way again after that. Oh, jeez. Okay. Why why did we end up with Christian cinema and Disneyland in the same uh, episode? I don't know, babes. Ugh. Okay. Um, you know, Kristen Cinema. Oh my goodness! Almost had a baby, and her baby died, 
and they were trying to interview her about it recently on a podcast, but she wouldn't talk about it at all. Ah, stop, stop. <laughs> she just sat there on the podcast all silent. Bubs. You know. Bubba. You know what I'm just thinking about, babes? What? So if a podcaster wanted to do something funny, I don't think this would work for us. They could say, okay, today's on today's show, we have Kirsten Cinema," And just ask questions and have dead silence. Oh, jeez. I don't know. Bubs. You're weird. Oh, no, you are, but I love you. Mm. Is there anything else you want to say about The Postman Always Rings Twice? No, I, I, I didn't understand what the title meant, but now I do. I did towards the end of it. Yes. What does the title mean? Well, I think, um, I think he's talking about, uh, I guess things happening when it came to Cora, right? Nice. He falls in, you know, it's like he, you know, Nick, he, he, she writes a letter to Nick saying that she's gone and that's assuming that she, you know, when she's gone, she's with, um, Frank, right? Yes. And that they're going to fall in love. But then... He gets a note in the cash register from her basically um, saying, well, I messed you up. Well, good. Your your life is over pretty much. Nice. So it's like, wow. It's based on a book. I might have to read it at some point. Yeah. The Postman Always Rings Twice. When was it written? Well, before the movie, but I don't know exactly when. I know that. Yes. Before the movie. Yes. Well, sometimes they'll do books that are tie-ins to films. True. Yes. Yeah. It's a good one. Yes, yes, yes. I know that you did not dream last night, even though we slept a lot. Oh, yes. And I dreamt, but I don't remember my dream. That's right. That's right, babes. Mm-hmm. I think. Th- sure. th- thank you. I think, babes, we should wrap this up, have some chocolate, and start the second season of The Boys. Oh, goodness. Yes. And maybe a little Seinfeld? And maybe a little bit of Seinfeld. And maybe, uh, yeah, maybe Seinfeld. Good. Why does the senator refuse to speak? <laughs> she was elected to office to talk. Oh, my goodness. She won't even uh, recognize her own constituents. Maybe we should call this episode Disneyland and Cinema. Maybe. Oh, honestly. What? Really? Yeah. We're not going to talk about this all day. <laughs> Now I'm going to have to break out the popcorn and invite Kramer over. Stop it. All right. That's a very bad Seinfeld impression. Oh, please. I love you, babes. Oh. All right. I think, babes, since you're worked up. Worked up what? You should kiss me. Why? Because it's medicine. Now, come on. Why? Because it's medicine, babes. Well, medicine for what? Why? Because you're worked up. About what? About... Disneyland and Kristen Oh, and if you went there, I think you'd like it. And even if you were there for a day, you wouldn't be able to get through everything because it's 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 huge. So Kristen Cinema, as a little kid, so you went to Disneyland. Hold on, I'm telling you a story, babes. And her parents were all excited, and they were leaving Disneyland, and they turned to her, and they said, what did you think of it? And she just sat there with the plane. Bugs, would you please stop it? All right, all right, right. how about this? No. One more kiss. No. Yeah, one more kiss. Mm. And then we're going to get some chocolate. Okay. And we'll watch some of the boys and some side chocolate. Mm.
All right, Jaywell. Unless there's anything else you want to say. Does anybody comment on us kissing in the middle of the episode? I'm sure people do. They say it's great. They say that we should go even further, and I say I'm a gentleman. Oh, my goodness, bud. That's what they say. This is not that kind of podcast. All right, babe. So I, oh, I love you, babe. So we get some chocolate? Yes. All right. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I got to go bathroom. Oh, I didn't press the stop button.